Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode number nine. Number nine? You're listening number to the nine? Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season three. Stop by punktheology.net and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet to this podcast. It's good for you, like the moral trend of dopamine fasting that was birthed out of Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, of course it was. The following is from KTNV Channel 13 in Las Vegas. Welcome back. There's a new buzz term going around a dopamine fast. It's essentially giving up something for a period of time that brings you pleasure but isn't necessarily good for you. Okay, you're supposed to take that extra time to instead write, meditate, or exercise. A dopamine fast can be for things like food or alcohol, but for a lot of people, it's social media, which psychologists agree is a good idea. Our chronic connection to social media actually wreaks havoc with our brain. And it brings us down more than it brings us up in many cases, although it doesn't seem like it. It's kind of insidious. It's kind of sneaky. All right. Dr. Randy came and says we're often giving up other true dopamine rushes when we stay plugged in and lose connections with people or exercise. And for that reason, you should take a little break from social media every day. She also says stop feeling like you have to respond right away to every text you get. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> hold on. So Derek and uh, Steve and I, uh, you know, we're not into demonizing things like social media or phones or even sex, drugs, and rock and roll. These are coping mechanisms in, in our worldview. And the way I see it, life has enjoyable things, even vices. But when those vices trap us, become self-destructive, what's the seeds of that? Where does that start? It had me thinking of this clip from the Conan O'Brien show back in 2013. And yeah, this guy's not the most well-respected comedian right now. But with all the buzz around the tragic news of Kobe Bryant, um, I thought, okay, the world's forgiven him. Maybe we can share a clip by this comedian um, talking about why he didn't buy cell phones for his kids. And this is a bit prophetic. When you think of dopamine fasting, here you go. Really struggle with like all the other kids have the uh, the terrible thing, so my kid has to. Yeah, let's let you know. Let your kid go and be a better example to the kids. They doesn't just because the other stupid kids have phones doesn't mean that okay. Well, my kid has to be stupid, otherwise she'll feel weird. Right. You know, I, I think these things are toxic. I don't think they, especially for kids. It's just this thing. It's bad. And right. they, they don't look at people when they talk to them and they don't build the empathy. You know, kids are mean and it's because they're trying it out. <laughs> they, they look at a kid and they go, you're fat. And then they see the kid's face scrunch up and they go, ooh, that doesn't feel good to make a person do that. Right. But they, but they got to start with doing the mean thing. But when they write you're fat, then they just go, hmm, that was fun. I like that. <laughs> so... Tasted good. Yeah, exactly. You need... The thing is, I, you need to build an ability to just be yourself and not be doing something. That's what the phones yes. are taking away. Yes. Is the ability to just sit there. Like this. 
that's being a person, right? Yes. No one can, they've got to, uh, you got to check. Because, you know, underneath everything in your life, there's that thing, that empty, forever empty. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that, yes. Yes. Yes, I, yes. Yes, Just I know that, what you're that talking knowledge about. that it's all for nothing and you're alone. You know, it's down there. And sometimes when things clear away, you're not watching it. You're in your car and you start going, oh, no, here it comes <laughs> that I am alone. Like it starts to visit on you. You know, just the sadness. Yes. Life is tremendously sad just by, you know, being in it. And so you're driving and then you go, uh, that's why we text and drive. I look around, pretty much 100% of people driving are texting. Yes. And they're killing, everybody's murdering each other with their cars. Yes. But people are willing to risk taking a life and ruining their own because they don't want to be alone for a second because it's so hard. I was in my car one time and a Bruce Springsteen song comes on. And it made me really say, it's like Jungle, what the one's the one, Jungle? Jungle Land. Jungle, this one where he goes, Hurry! And he sounds far away. You know, it's like, That's half of them. Yeah, a lot of them. No, he goes, Yeah, exactly. And it's really far away sounding. Can you do it with the reverb? Can you do it? No, they're not doing it. They're not trying to try it. So... Like that? Yeah. Yeah. Except for it was Springsteen. If it was you doing that, I would have been like, what the hell is that in my radio? (laughs) I did it just the same as Bruce. And I heard it, and it gave me kind of like a fall back to school depression feeling. It made me really sad. Yeah. And I go, okay, I'm getting sad. I gotta get the phone and write hi to like 50 people. And then, you know, somebody cool writes back, and then somebody not as cool writes after, and I'm like, oh, f*** you, I'm not going to... I got somebody somebody better. (laughs) But, uh... Hey, how come you didn't answer my text? (laughs) Speaking of which... Yeah, well... Yeah, because he wrote 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 first, that's right. So, anyway, I started to get that sad feeling, and I was reaching for the phone, and I said, you know what, don't. Just be sad. Just let the sadness, just stand in the way of it and let it hit you like a truck. And I let it come and Bruce, and I just started to feel, oh my God. And I pulled over and I just cried like a bitch. I cried so much. And, I, and it was beautiful. It was like this beautiful, it's just this sadness is poetic. You're, you're lucky to live sad moments. And then I had happy feelings because because when you let yourself feel sad, yes. your body has like antibodies. It has happiness that comes rushing in, rushing in to meet the sadness. So you're, I was grateful to feel sad, and then I met it with true, profound happiness. It was such a trip, you know. And the thing is, because we don't want that first bit of sad, yeah. we push it away with like a little phone th- for the food, <laughs> and you get you get a little kind of. You never feel completely sad or completely happy. You right. just feel kind of satisfied with your products. Yes. And then you die. So that's why I don't want to get a phone for my kids. That's what I'm going to And welcome, Punk Theology listeners. Here we are, once again. Derek's. 
studio. Like I said, I'm not as tired of the that's right. We had the fucking coronavirus guy in Art City. Two blocks. Two blocks he's away. Still, he's still there, I think. Yeah. yeah he's a nice uh, fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I, we won the worst lottery ever. Right. Like, where is that guy? And yeah. I saw it north of Seattle. I was like, North Seattle, that's not great. Snohomish yeah. County. Well, that's not great either. <laughs> and a fucking picture of Providence comes up. Like, fuck, that's too big. That's... Two blocks from my house. That's right. <laughs> Derek is basically neighbors with the one guy <laughs> who got the, the fucking black plague of the in 2020. The, in the country, at least. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Fortunately, he's a 30-year-old guy who lives by himself, so hopefully... Yeah. You didn't get around hopefully I wasn't his Lyft driver. I know. You, know, well, you start thinking, thing. you start going through... Yeah, like, I was like, Lord, <laughs> people don't have driving again. Then I had the flu thing. Steve just getting over it. Yeah. I'm sorry if I gave it to you. I'm no, not sure. I don't think so. You <laughs> might have. It's all good. <laughs> Who knows? It's going to go around. Yeah, eventually. it is. Freaking flu virus. I still held it off. I felt it creeping up a couple times. I've been able to fight it off. But, uh, about three times now. So I've been proud of myself. Nice. I think I'm like the Ash Ketchum of flu viruses, though. I may have just <laughs> caught them all. So now it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, You've already got yeah, vaccinated yeah, yourself. Yeah, I've, I've, I was Brutal. so fucking sick as a kid, like constantly. <laughs> I got everything, so maybe. Uh, Didn't your wife get both flu shots, and she still got the flu? Yeah, she, she got, got this thing. They told her it wasn't the flu. They told her it was just a virus that mimics all of the <laughs> <laughs> symptoms of the flu. Right. Huh? So, so. So why did I get a flu yeah, shot again? Yeah. It's not the flu. It so just acts like the if flu. If it looks like a dog, looks like it sounds flu. like a dog. Feels like a flu. <laughs> it's not the flu, though. But it's not the flu. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Shit! Well, yeah. They tested her, but they... Yeah. yeah. Coronavirus. <laughs> Don't get too much corona. Yeah. yeah. Not enough. Coronavirus without the lime. I don't know. My wife is bringing it. She was in the other room and talking about it. And she's, you hear about that? It's Corona. Corona? I go, I'll have some Corona. <laughs> she goes, you don't want some of that Corona. Fucking flu season, man. So, hey, uh, this podcast, we're talking about... Dopamine fasting. See that? It was on the tip of my tongue. Dopamine fasting. So I found this really interesting. It's something that's a, it's a trend in Silicon Valley, or at least it was back November, December. There were some news articles about it. Like it's finally surfacing in the media that, um, and, the, and there's a psychologist over there that's kind of popularized this, and it's almost like like it reminds me of church mm-hmm. to a certain degree, yeah. right? Good boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's, here, so you're you're sinning. Right, <laughs> getting too much dopamine. Yeah, bunch of bunch of rich. Dial it back. That's right, rich millennials and Gen Zers out yep. there just you know took brain science and turned it into a new religion. <laughs> That's yeah. right, <laughs> pretty much. But it's it's fascinating because you know the whole idea of dopamine fasting is is we're overstimulated, and but and that part is really interesting to me. So. So dopamine fasting, like you can't really do that. Like that's not you can't completely fast. Yeah, you can't. Dopamine is something that we need in our bodies and our brains, and we don't work right if we don't have dopamine. So some of this, if you can actually dial back dopamine, you can 
be depressed, right? Like it can lead to depression. And Parkinson's is, a, is a, something that is birthed out of a deficiency of dopamine. Um, but there's something to that, right? And it had me thinking about this idea of how humans, you know, find some kind of peace in the world or balance and, and how our phones and technology are kind of encroaching on that. And where we don't have, like we don't have the, the dopamine invasion that we've had in the past because of our devices and, and stuff. Um, so, so here's a question. How much, do you feel like your, your phone um, in, interrupts your day or interrupts time? You ever have like a notification come up? Have you have you tried to control notifications? Sometimes it definitely yeah the the phone can be addictive for sure. Right. I've definitely had times where I should be doing something else. And I'm just gonna <laughs> scroll until I feel better. Right. Um, I have shit to do, but I don't want to do any of it, so I'm just gonna lie here and yeah. and uh, let this feed just. Soothe me. <laughs> uh, like there's, there's definitely something to that. That's yeah. a real thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to overstimulation. Uh, that's, that's a thing where, you know, your body can't. You are, you do have too much dopamine. You're too stimulated, right. and then stuff that used to, to make you happy just doesn't anymore because, you know, I mean, that's how hard drugs work. Yeah. Right, it, it works. How depression works too. Depressed people are are they lose the wanting. So in neurological language, the the dopamine hit isn't necessarily getting the thing right. or having the orgasm the and the climax. Yes, the anticipation. And the, the the poisonous thing about our technology is that is that when a notification like if a bell goes off while you're in the middle of in being in the zone doing something. That distraction is just as bad as someone coming up and going, Derek, hey, Derek, Derek, hey, Derek, what are you doing? Derek, hey, it's Twitter. <laughs> it's like, you know, so-and-so said something. And, that, and that's what's, I think, really fucking with our heads and our ability to concentrate or be present, right? Yeah, I'd say that would be probably more is to be present. Uh, realizing now with the... 11 week old puppy she's gonna he's gonna be full size in probably four months so you got a puppy for Christmas golden retriever there you go for Christmas and I'm trying to enjoy that moment mm-hmm. right not projecting into the future when I can take her for walk or him for walks and he can be a companion dog yeah. I'm trying to enjoy being puppy my wife and I talk about that a lot because like having little babies and you know, so many old people come up and like, oh, enjoy this moment. And you know what? Fuck you, nobody enjoys this. It's awful. It's fucking terrible. Yes, there's moments <laughs> that are great, yeah. and then you'll miss, and you'll think about it afterwards and nostalgic, but 90% of it is active misery. Yeah. And, like, so I don't say that to people. Like, like if, if I give them advice, it'd be like, like, and you can't, like, flip a switch. Oh, 
Like, I'm going to enjoy this now. No. I'm going to enjoy poopy <laughs> diapers and no sleep. Like, yeah, thanks for telling me. <coughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize I was supposed to enjoy this. Thank you. You really helped me right. by telling me to enjoy this. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> my life is hell uh, right now. Like, yes, there are moments about this that are going to be really nice and nostalgic. Uh, and that's what this older person do, is doing is they're reliving yes. that nostalgia. Yes, they're uh, looking back at that good part. Yeah, but good how part. about you just fucking do that without saying anything, bitch? Because right. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I need right now is some guilt <laughs> for not enjoying <laughs> this little right. baby who's making me miserable. Uh, it's uh, really, a, it's but really a comment about like be present or or gratitude or being grateful right. and stuff like that. It's more well, it's, of a projecting our own kind of like, I should have been present. I should have been grateful for cleaning shitty diapers or whatever. I think the real advice <laughs> that would actually be helpful would be try and find moments where it's really nice and remember those. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how that should be. Fixed. Put your goddamn phone down! <laughs> <laughs> Unless you really fucking need it. Like sometimes, you need. sometimes your phone is your savior if you have a baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay, true. I gotta. I can't go anywhere. That's right. I can't do anything. I'll. You I'm not gonna move because <laughs> yeah. if I get up, baby's gonna wake up, wake up yeah. and my wife will be hell for another. But yeah. no, it's and that's that's the real good advice for anything. Like even for you right uh-huh. now is not necessarily like like try and enjoy this and so like soak yeah. every moment. Out, yeah, out yeah. of it, and remember like no, most of it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Like Steve's just telling me he's up. Cleaning up shit four times a night. That's not great. <laughs> no. Like he's not. <laughs> well, that's not. That's not awesome. But what they're really trying to say is capture as many of those little moments. That's right. That you'll get. Remember that positive ones. Right. Right. Yes. Because he will now climb up. I mean, he's only what ten inches long. He will now climb up on my lap and curl up in my lap watching TV. Oh nice. Well, when he's seventy pounds, seventy-five pounds, that's not going to be the same. Right. Or when he's riding with me, he rides with me all day in the van. You know, sits in the passenger seat there, and he curls up, and he'll look up, and he gives me those puppy light eyes and looks at me, and that just that euphoria, you hold on to, mm-hmm. and that makes the four or five times a night, getting maybe two hours of, uh, of sleep straight, worth it. Somehow, somehow. <laughs> yeah. I have to, because you don't think I about don't. it. You when you're when Take you're waking. A when you're waking, oh, I've got tons of them. When you're awake in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep, I don't really care what it looks like in my car seat or sleeping. Yeah. But then just before I am just so frustrated, he'll climb up in bed and he'll just nuzzle up into my neck and just get that little hot puppy breath there. And it's like, oh, that feels good. I had some moments when my kids were real little where I was like, this ain't fucking worth it. Yeah. This is, <laughs> like, I'm not going to do anything about it, but this is a huge mistake. Right, uh, that kind of settles out. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay, we're yeah. back. But yeah. wait, this is really rewarding. <laughs> but is that why it's rewarding? Because you have to deal with the shit, right? Maybe. Like if it was easy, yeah. everyone would have. Well, one. everybody has. That's why we have nine million or eight million people. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty fucking easy. It's hard to do it well. Yes, <laughs> it is hard to execute. That's yeah, hard. <laughs> execute the landing of that whole thing. Where everyone's gonna fuck up their kids. That's the thing too, though. It's like we. I don't. I'm, I'm Gen X, you know. I don't have a. I, mean, I imagine you too, Derek. Like we didn't grow up with this shit, right? 
Like we didn't grow up with a device you put in your pocket. Right. And well, I'm the la- I'm like and... right on the bleeding edge of the kids that didn't grow up with it. Right. Like, internet came out when I was 14. Right. And basically, everybody after me had at least some portion of their childhood where they're on the internet. Right. Because um, it was it was mainstream by the time you were 14. Yeah. So it was in your schools at 14? Was it what? Yeah, was it, it was in, in school? school. It wasn't very good, right. but yeah. it was there. Yeah. Well, we didn't know nothing. Well, so when I lived in Alaska, my dad, my dad was <laughs> a computer, my dad was an electrical engineer, you know, so he had a TRS-80 back in the day, and then we had an Apple IIe, and, uh, you know, 2400 baud modem, and you put it on the thing, and... You know, it took like 10 minutes to download a text file. Porn took forever when I was 14. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something to the anticipation, though. Like, right. you know, line by line as the pixels came down. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, reload! Unlike the fuzzy cable. <laughs> the fuzzy cable? The cable. Like oh. The cable oh, right, right, travel yeah. channel, and you kind of... Oh, yeah. Um, that. Made masturbation awkward. But uh, I wonder if that produced any weird fetishes. Yeah, like TV fetishes. Should be more blurry. (laughs) Yeah, that's another interesting thing about dopamine too. Is is how fetishes become a thing? You know, like fetishes are fascinating. Yeah, there's this guy who seeing a sex counselor, and and he couldn't. He couldn't get off unless he had boots on. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't have an orgasm unless he had boots on. So he's like, you know, with his wife and stuff, and he had to put boots on to have sex with her. So he's in this... And they and they finally go back to this time, like, he was kind of raised in a super Christian-y house, and, and he would masturbate, and he had, a, like, an older brother who, who, you know, he had to avoid. So he would go in the closet and jerk off and just... Through the little bit of light that came through the door, you watched boots back. Boots was, were right there, you know. And there's something there's there's part of our. That's another thing about dopamine learning, is when you have an orgasm, your mind takes a picture of whatever you yeah. see and imprints just a little bit of you know. So yeah, this guy for him it was boots. There's another guy with it. It was bugs. He had a similar thing. Like he would jerk off in his room and he got a bug cage. <laughs> Fucking bug fetish. Mish and I are watching the show Sex Education. Oh yeah, it was really good on Netflix. Interesting. But they had one where kind of some fetish stuff came up. Yeah, the fetish stuff is is weird. How people get tied to things, and that's that's another. That's another dopamine thing. But I think that when it exhausts us is, is the overstimulation of it all, you know. Is your, your phone going out? How about you, Steve? Do you have this, this issue? You're a boomer. Yeah, you, you didn't grow up phone. with this. Do you, do you get addicted to your phone? Does your phone... Yeah. Your phone grab you and say, Steve, hey, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Check Facebook. Check yeah. Instagram. I remember Check that cartoon of where there was a guy. <clears throat> it's like a meme... And there's this guy, and he's at work at his desk, and then behind him is this big white thing, and it's got the Facebook logo for a head, and, and it's like, and it's got him by the shoulders, and this, the, the, the caption says, 
Stop at Facebook. I'm trying to get some work done. <laughs> you know? That's so true. Yeah, it is. And it's not even that the phone's going off. It's that your mind starts to, like you were saying, like, this sucks. This is painful. I'd rather not be doing this. I'd rather be checking Facebook. You know? Well, and it's even... It's checking. I find it even watching TV. Because I'll, I'll irritate my wife because I'm always switching channels. And she goes, well, what are you watching? I go, it's not what I'm watching. It's what else is... Watch the anticipation. Yeah, yeah. so I'll We're be gonna flipping. find something good. Yeah, I'll be flipping. We watched, uh, or I watched John Wick three the other night, and that's a example of nonstop action. Yeah, hundred and sixty nine kills. Somebody guessed. Somebody checked. Okay. Right, right. And of the three, there's three hundred kills in of the three volumes right now, and he leaves to spoil it. At the end of three, he leaves it. There's going to be a four. <laughs> but that's that, people that's what people tickets. are addicted. Is that action? Yeah. That disconnect. I mean, and it is. It it is so violent that 20 years ago it wouldn't have made it. It's stylized violence. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's the, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. It's uh, the brilliance of the John Wick films is that it's gun ballet. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I. There's a. It doesn't make any sense. But it's no. kind of telling a story through movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's very ballet-like, actually, just the way he moves. Mm-hmm. It's like the old uh, kung fu movies with, you know... Right, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee and all those. It's very much like that. The, the story's not that important. It was just yeah. watching somebody do well, even, cool, amazing things. Even those yeah. uh, spaghetti westerns of Clint Eastwood back in the 60s. Yeah. The same thing. The story was minimal. Right. And yeah. it's just how many fast and how many could he kill. Right. <laughs> There's something to the. I don't know. Is it just an age thing? Getting older, or are we progressing? You know, you think about wars today. Are wars different than they were? And some of that has to do with with those kinds of movies. You know, like there's less of them. Like yeah, we have John Wick and we have some other movies, but. And John Wick has done pretty well, and I'm sure the new Bond movies will do pretty well. But that new Rambo film didn't do that well. You know? Yeah, people are kind of getting tired of the. Well, the reason yeah. John Wick is such a big deal is because nobody's really made an action film like that in a long time. Right, that's true. And there was kind of there's a demographic. And you killed my fucking dog. Yeah, yeah. Like you motherfucker. That was my dog. That was the hook. That was that that's was the hook. That's yeah. what got millennials. And it wasn't political. <laughs> like I think you killed my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's not a violent. And she goes, but they killed his dog. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you want justice. Yeah. That's where exactly. the justice seed is planted. And then and then it's justice porn. I think in the 80s, in the 90s, I think it was more political stuff, you know, like Schwarzenegger films or the Rambo film. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, there was justice, but it was always those people over there and, and that, you know, the Russians or whatever. Now the Russians are the bad guy again, which is funny. Yeah, <laughs> but it's different. It's not like it was, and I think the internet's made the world smaller to where we like know Russians now. <laughs> like I have a friend on Facebook who's in Russia, or, you know, and so I don't want him to die in a nuclear blast, or I don't want him. I don't know. I think we just can handle nuance a lot better than we used to be able to. Yeah, maybe that's it. Of like, because I, I remember being in the eighties and being watching those movies and being with people that watch those movies 
And people were caught up in the storylines of those movies. Yeah. Like, they got really into them. And it just doesn't work anymore, because it just seems corny and... Predictable. Yeah, it's, it's boring as hell. And... Uh, it's, like, it's a little cringy sometimes, yeah, watching yeah. some of those. I'm like, eee, that's... Yeah. That's... I remember watching... Uh, and not very... Petty. Not very intelligent. Yeah, that's, that's some pretty lazy fucking writing, like right? Junior there. high, yeah, lunchroom right? with guns. And it wasn't just me being a kid either. The adult, I remember the adults around me really being into the storyline. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's a, now that's, that's not gonna fly. Yeah, that's that's a shit storyline. I remember but seeing Deer Hunter in the theater. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a brilliant movie. And there were vets in the theater that were PTSD, and the scenes in that movie. It was that's a, that movie was ahead of its time. Yeah. Oh God, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it it messed me up watching it. And all I remember, I missed the uh, Vietnam War just because I was a little too young yet. But remember seeing it on the news, seeing the reports mm-hmm. on the news, and just watching that movie. It was such a it was a dark film, but the story was real yeah. about what they experienced. Is that? Nero and Wal- Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple big names. Yeah. yeah. But and it was it was it was much like an independent film, you know, like you followed the story, but it didn't have a huge climactic ending that resolved everything. No, no it was more yeah. kind of slice of lifey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another kind of. God, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That was a good movie, though. Yeah, yeah. Might be worth another. It probably holds up. We should all go to John's and have another <laughs> watch the yeah, terror. Yeah, that'd be a horrible. Oh movie. God, wouldn't that be? <laughs> oh, oh man, man. I'd be tripping out in the backyard. Yeah, no. Well, no, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of dopamine, though, that's that's one of the ways that I heard a, a social psychologist describe cognitive dissonance, you know, and how cognitive dissonance, depending on what how you you view judgment, you know? Like a lot of these films, like all these big budget films, they tend to like solve the dissonance in a way that we like and can palette and like, oh yeah, that's really and those films do really well. Right. But independent films are more like real and I'd life. Say more films in general. More and more and more. Yeah. The trend is not happy, cleaned up ending. Yeah. It's uh, And that's more interesting. And more like real life. Especially a lot of, you know, the new shows yeah. that are coming out. Like, you know, a lot of that is not nice, clean, tied up in a bow at yeah. the end. It's loose and ragged and... Not like a 50s Leave it to Beaver sitcom where right. everything's solved at the end of the show. Right. <laughs> well, that was like uh, uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. yeah. That was that way. Yeah, um, yeah that's you kept, a, you kept waiting and it's in, it's over. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Because we do long for that. I, mean, I wonder on that, on that dopamine fasting, is it because there's a desire that, or a, a fear that will reach the end of that excitement? Um, I think it's not just a fear, I think that's a reality. Yeah. Right. I think especially like, you're a silicone kid. And, uh, <laughs> silicon kid, right? Yeah. Uh, silicon Valley kid, right? You made your millions when you're 22. Yeah. And, you're, and the money's still there and you're just going, you keep going back for it. Now you're 35 and there's nothing left. It's, yeah. that, it's the 27 club problem. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Like, like they're, I'm Jimmy fucking Hendrix, and there's nothing left for me to do. I'm bored out of my mind. Or so you, just, you achieve it, and it's not what you it's thought. It's not great. Not it's great. not, yeah. So right. Life is just like that. Life just kind of, whether you're successful or not, eventually you just get sick of it, you know, whatever it is you've been chasing. I think that's, yeah. that's kind of a... So honestly, that's the biggest tragedy about dopamine, is you get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Something that used to really excite you and give you a lot of pleasure doesn't after you keep doing it consistently. Or you continue to pursue something that ends up killing you. I watched uh, Netflix's that show, uh, Free Solo, about the climber that climbed, uh, he was oh, the first yeah. guy to climb one of the, the walls in Yosemite, Free Solo, without ropes, without <laughs> anything. Right. And he's lost people that have died. Right. And that's the dopamine. And he can't maintain relationships. There's no, he's got his, his closest people are, are fellow climbers because nobody can be with him because of that constant struggle. And, uh, and you see those climbers over there, even on uh, my, my nephew lives back in Colorado. He climbs the Garden of the Gods all the time. He says there's always they're just got, they got to go further. they got to go faster. they got to take more risks. One of the reasons I got rid of my motorcycle back when I was in the thir- my 30s is because I kept going Doing faster. Stupider and stupider. Stupider and stupider. I mean, yeah. we got up, going up to Bellingham, we were, I had my V45 Magna up at uh, over 120, and I'm looking down the road just a blur, and I thought, God, that would hurt. Yeah. And I, I ended up selling the bike within six months after that. I just oh. realized. Because there is that earth, and that adrenaline yeah. is, and I'm, I have a, a, a I'm an addictive personality anyway, so if I if I get hooked on the adrenaline, God, it would just on dopamine, yeah. it would just be the constant next. Because I just briefly reread that article, and uh, they're saying that trying to reset the brain, yeah, so that they can start again, yeah, yeah, or just have more of a, a calm rhythm, which I think a lot of you know Eastern mysticism is about. Mm-hmm. Trying Steve, to keep breathing and the practice of Steve Jobs being, was super into that. Yeah, so he's kind of the godfather of a lot of this thinking here. Yeah, he was very much into you can't appreciate the oasis unless you've been through the desert. Like he like he was just flat out ascetic, mm-hmm. where he would he would just not eat. He'd fast, wouldn't eat. Um, uh, yeah, and and. Just go like meditate and do really really simple things, yeah. and then come back and have the things that he wanted to enjoy. But uh, you know, he was to the point where it was hard to get any enjoyment out of stuff because he was just too fucking rich. Yeah, and he had too much stimulation from other things, so he had to basically learn how to do. Well, yeah, he, he used psychotropics too. Yeah, he had to go fast for a while, yeah, uh, so that he could enjoy. The things that he had. Bill Gates, uh, there's a show on Netflix about uh, decoding Bill Gates, mm-hmm. Bill and Melinda Gates. It's pretty good. And the opening scene is is Bill talking about he's coding all night, you know, mm-hmm. all day and all night, and he decides he needs to blow some steam, so he goes out for a drive, and he's up to like 115 miles an hour in his car. And then the next scene is his mugshot. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's his mugshot. I remember that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's where extreme wealth is kind of tragic. Like, imagine yeah. 
nothing being special. Yeah, like, and even all the stuff nothing that he's left tried to do in existence, as far as you have access. Yeah, that's special at all. That will cost you anything. That has any really real value to you. Uh, you could, you know, most expensive thing you could possibly think of. He could do and it wouldn't. It'd be negligible. Yeah, and even the stuff he's trying to do, like that's kind of what they they teased out in the in the documentary thing series too is. Like he developed, he brought a team. He spent hundreds of millions of dollars to develop a a, a nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't like nuclear; it's the cleanest kind of fusion. So they went through every nuclear disaster and found out how to solve that. So this will never happen again. And they've built this thing, right? Nobody wants it. <laughs> it's not selling. Everyone's still afraid of nuclear. Yeah. And they're not, Bill Gates is fucking Bill Gates. Like you think he knows what he's doing? He's hired people. He, you know, spent all. No, people aren't interested. You know, they they've almost wiped out malaria yeah. worldwide. But there's still places that they can't because there's terrorism. Right. And there's people that they showed up. You know, hey, we've got the cure for the disease that your kids have. We don't care to kill you. You know, that's just how the world is so it's sort of melancholy you know like he's like yeah like having the power to do these things but the world is going nah we're not ready <laughs> well there's not even yeah <coughs> there's nothing left to work for at some point too yeah right like a lot of these billionaires just like nothing special except for work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh, I saw I'll just pour myself into work and making more and more and more uh and that's what's cool about what they've done, though, is like to him and Warren Buffett, you know. Like, you've got more money than you will ever spend in your lifetime, even if you try. Right. You're not going to be able to spend it. So like, try and do some fucking good in the world, you know, which I think is, is beautiful. It's better than a lot of, I mean, Bill Gates has already done more than, you know, the Catholic Church has done, for example, right? Um, Pete Holmes wrote that book, uh, Comedy Sex God. And he goes into this in, in detail, like just his comedy career and how he built it up to where he had um, the show. He got the show uh, on, on HBO. Crashing. Yeah, Crashing, which was in his third season. And then he had that thing hit him. He goes, that's where the thing hit me, right? Like, oh, like I've achieved my dreams, and now it doesn't, you know. So I remember uh, Tim Keller talking about that. Yeah. About it was Schwarzenegger and Barbara Streisand and somebody else. I don't remember. Somebody else who are just unbelievably miserable people because they thought that they'd be happy if they got all the fame and all the star power and all that, and they and they got there and it was totally empty. Right. And just they're just assholes. Uh, uh, just miserable in, in that. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. Money doesn't make you happy. Success doesn't make you happy. You're about as happy as you make up your mind. Well, I was like the, <laughs> the Mark Cuban thing. What's that? Was, was Money won't make you happy, but if you're a happy person, it'll make you happier. Huh. Like, it opens doors. It makes right, things yeah, happier. Yeah, yeah. But if, so if you're already a happy person... It can, it can make it can make that work right. better. Yeah. But if you're kind of a miserable person, it'll probably make that worse. 
Yeah. Hmm. I, a, I think it was a movie, I can't remember, where this woman said, money won't make you happy, but it'll keep your kids around. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout your life. As you you have a really, really shitty, fucked up relationship with <laughs> But yes, they will be there. <laughs> They'll be present. So, uh, they'll fucking right. hate you and dance in your grave when you die. Yeah. But yeah, they'll they'll stick around. So there's another you know thing about this whole dopamine uh, addiction and part of it's advertising too. And I think that's something that we've all experienced through our our entire lives is the constant bombardment of. He was even. Mark Driscoll, of all, I could say something positive about him. That was one of the, the things that he brought out that I thought was thought-provoking and smart, is the gospel, right? The gospel of advertising. And you're like in your, and, and those infomercials do it really well, right? Like some woman, her hair's all messed up, and she's trying to, can't get the dirt off the floor, and just fucking life is all, and then he would tone it down, like right. she's, black looks white. horrible, it's kind of black, and then she gets the thing, right? right, and then everything's all clean, and she's all happy, and that's just about every commercial there is out there, and we're, it's just constant, like every day, and now it's on the phone, right, you get stuff that pops up, and we'll, we'll, hey, that sad thing you feel, we'll fix that for yeah. you. Yeah, well, right? that's, that ad in itself is just giving you dopamine. Yeah, oh it's yeah. It's giving you anticipation of, yeah. oh, I can have that. Social media companies hiring um, folks that design like slot machines. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting to talk about, talk about maximizing dopamine hits. The longer we can keep you on Facebook, you know, how can we do that better? Oh, I know. Let's call the people that design slot machine software <laughs> and they do you know the longer we can keep you hooked the longer we can keep you on on the thing the more we've gotcha right so how are we going to land this plane I don't know I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we all know we should we should. There's the shoulds and ought to. That's right. Put the phone down. <laughs> and don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, don't listen to podcasts. That's, that's right. where I go. I do a lot of it. You know, just to... A lot of podcasts? Yeah. Okay. Just to... Just to fill the silence. Oh, yeah. So, like, the same as people leaving their televisions on all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it... Well, especially in the summer when it's warmer and I'm up down in the water at four or five in the morning. It's so quiet that I'll put a you know, I'm walking and I'll put a podcast in with my earbuds because it's too quiet. Yeah. You know, and instead of just being there and enjoying the, that silence, because you find guys that go hiking, solo hiking, and that's what they like is the silence. But it's I do it. I just don't like silence. Yeah. You wake up in the middle of the night and it's quiet and you hear everything. Yeah. What's that noise? You know, you'll hear noises that you. That would. Like the neighbor. Like the neighbor. Who's banging on something right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, there is a song called Dopamine. Borns. The O is a zero. So I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that. I call them the Borns. <laughs> the song Dopamine. I want to feel that stream of dopamine. 
You sip with the devil's drinking, hot as hell, and I'm thinking, baby, you can take away my pain. Baby, baby, you can take away my pain. Laying in ecstasy, I'm floating away. <laughs> I'm craving. Yeah, there's, there's so. There's, it's about sex, basically. You know, sex is a huge dopamine hit. Orgasm, I think that's about. That's about uh, putting that sucker to eleven. Close as you get. Short <laughs> right. heroin. Yeah, short of heroin. Yeah. Heroin's eleven. Fentanyl's eleven. Baby, I want to think of. I don't want to think about it. All I want to be is under your control, inside your spell, locked in your eyes, under your influence. Don't let me go. I want to feel that scream. That's a huge bitch! Hey, help a punk rock robot out. Scratch my itch by hitting that subscribe button. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio or wherever you hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.